Hi, everyone. I'm Adam Johnson. I'm a dad and a rare disease patient advocate, a self-proclaimed dadvocate. From the onset of symptoms and even after an eventual diagnosis, the isolation was almost as excruciating as the symptoms themselves. I felt so alone in so many ways. One of the most prominent ways in particular was as a parent. I knew I couldn't be the only person with a rare disease who was also trying to raise children, but it sure felt like I was. As I've learned, when there's not a specific community you're looking for, one that you need, sometimes you just have to make it yourself. It's taken a while, but I finally decided to do just that. And here we are. This is Parents is Rare, a series brought to you by Energy in Action. Living life as a parent with a rare disease can be quite paradoxical. We laugh and cry, we're vulnerable and scared, we're brave and afraid, all at the same time. Parents is Rare is a community where parents like me, who have a rare disease or chronic illness, can connect, share, support, and be supported. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Parents is Rare series of the Energy in Action podcast. I'm your host, Adam Johnson, and we've got a special episode today. I'm joined by my friend, Lisa Weinberger, who you might remember from episode 52 on the series. She was uh, one of my guests a couple of months back and was kind enough to share her story. And since that time, we've kept in touch. And one day, Lisa, you uh, you brought to my attention a topic that might be kind of beneficial for the entire community. And now that we've hit the summertime here, I think it's a great time to introduce and, and bring into the phrase some of our tips and advice for traveling. And I wanted to thank you for, first of all, bringing that up. And then second of all, thank you for agreeing to join me back again and to discuss some of these topics. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Adam, for, you know, allowing me to give you an idea and you actually ran with it. So I was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great idea. And it's something that I've thought about before. We all, you know, those of us that are able to get out, whether it's hitting the road or the skies or, or whatever, we've got some, you know, unique situations and circumstances. I think we could all benefit from bouncing ideas off of each other and seeing what works and any tips or pointers or advice that might help somebody else as well. I think it's, yeah, I'm all for it. So yeah, thanks for bringing this idea to the forefront. And I'm excited to see where our conversation goes and, you know, how this, you know, this, this particular topic shapes out. I'd also love to hear from other folks as they listen in, if they've got any other tips or tricks for us as well. And I'd be happy to hear those and maybe we can keep the conversation going. Yeah, no, that'd be great because, you know, we, we don't have, there's only so much time that we have to share and, you know, we're probably going to miss some some points and uh, and I would love to learn from other people because uh, I, I've done a trip last year, last summer, and then I just got back from another trip and pretty long ones. And so a lot of preparation goes into it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to hear how that trip went and we'll start out with some of the ideas that, that you submitted, uh, Lisa, but I wanted to set the stage and give a little bit more background for folks. After Lisa shared her idea and I kicked it around for a bit and thought about how we could kind of pull an episode together around this topic, I settled on sending out an email to each one of the previous guests on the podcast and uh, some of those that I know that have had some experience traveling and fully aware that it's a lot to ask. And, and I really appreciate everybody that was able to reply and provide some tips and ideas, some feedback and, you know, just share their experiences. And I know that even some that weren't able to get back to me, you know, they, they've got some ideas as well. So we can share those down the line also, but really appreciate everybody taking the time to get some feedback to us. And I think basically what we did from there after I received those via email is put them together. And Lisa and I are going to go through together and work through some of the tips as they've come in and share those with you. And then maybe 
add a little anecdote or two based on our experiences, and and we'll just see where the conversation takes us. Lisa, if you don't mind kicking us off, I kind of have some ideas for gathering these into little themes, if you you will. And the first one has to do with preparation. So Lisa, you mentioned you just got back from a, a trip yourself. Can you share some of your little tips and tricks for us for how you got ready for that? Yeah. Well, the first thing is I planned it as an itinerary, you know, so each day deciding what we're going to do, it may change here and there, unless of course you buy tickets for a specific day to go to somewhere. But the biggest first thing is like preparing would be making the itinerary, which includes, you know, the the flight information to the hotel. If you're staying at a hotel or the Airbnb, any confirmations, because with the disease, your your brain tends to not always work (laughs) and you may forget where you put certain things. So I, I use it on a Google Doc. That way I can share it with my husband and my or, and my daughter. So if I'm just not with it, they can just go right in and they can see, you know, what, what we're supposed to be doing or where we're supposed to be. So that's how I start, especially when we start traveling and, and not traveling, when we start planning to travel. And because we are in uh, Southern Florida, my daughter gets out of school fairly early, like before Memorial Day. So I try to plan it knowing it's not the full rush. It was a little, it, there was a little crowdedness, but nothing comparing to like going in the middle of the summer or the end of June. So even the timing wise. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. This particular vacation went out to the West Coast and I planned it almost 11 months ago. Wow. Okay. Last year we went to Europe and I planned it. It was a quick, it was like four months before we, maybe yeah, four months before we went. That was a little bit more difficult because it was international. I didn't know what, uh, I'd never been there. So that was something to expect. Yeah. So giving yourself plenty of time to, you know, pull the details together, put an itinerary of sorts together. Yeah. Maybe we should develop a travel agency, the parents is rare travel agency. We could do that. You think? I do like doing, I do like making online businesses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we could do that. Um, there we go. But within the itinerary, you're planning rest days, right? So, you know, if you're going to be doing like one day of either a lot of driving or driving and getting out of the car or, or any type of activity, right? It could be as simple as walking for us. The next day, don't plan something so big. Over when we were over in France, we had tickets to go someplace. We got lost. The only time we got lost, and we ended up doing back-to-back days of activity. And I, I was the next day. I couldn't. After those two days, I couldn't move. It was like we got to Portugal, and I didn't even like want to walk anywhere. So a lot of just trying to be aware, you know, and your family's obviously aware that, you know, when you're, when you know, your you know, your own body, you know, you don't want to stop doing stuff, of course, because you're away and you're traveling to have this experience with your family, but you really have to set the time aside, whether it's a whole day or a half a day, you know, whatever is going to work, even like, like to get Airbnbs, that way we can have food in the, in the, in the place and our, and wherever we're staying and we can have basic breakfast, right? We don't have to go out to eat. We don't have to order, right? Anything, because like with me, food triggers flares, right? Because why not? Um, so all these little things you have to plan, even looking around like what stores are there, whether it's like a Trader for Joe's or a Whole Foods or even, you know, a lot of the grocery stores have foods we can eat, but even those little details, maybe I'm a little OCD, but even those little details. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think those are great and important aspects to bring up that we, you know, it's all the little things that some people might not necessarily think about, or they might look at it, you know, cautiously or haphazardly or just to just to see, but it has to be very intentional. Oftentimes, I know for me, and from some others that I've had conversations around when you're traveling, and you've got a rare disease, you've got a chronic illness, you've got a disability, or even you're a caregiver for somebody else. It's a there are so many considerations. And I think these are all excellent points to bring up. I love that you brought up the planning rest days, Lisa, because that is so important. 
our, our friend Jaira, who has some other tips that I'll mention a little bit later on, but he he thought about that itinerary as, as well. And I love that wording for it, you know, building out the the specific plans for what you're going to do and having some flexible points in there. I had to do that. Well, I've had to do that on every trip that I go to, but specifically an, an example that came to mind for me was a, a conference that I went to last year. And it was really hard for me, Lisa, because I, I went in a day and a half early and I'm glad I did because the travel just kicks my butt and I'm down for the count for quite a while after that. Then I had a whole nother day to rest and recuperate. I didn't even leave the hotel room because I was in kind of rough shape, but that's what I needed to do. Then when it came time for the actual conference, I know, okay, I'm presenting on this day at this time. So I need to make sure that I spend some extra time resting in the morning before I go to do that, come back, rest afterwards and prepare for the evening festivity. Right. And, and while that's tough and difficult, it's necessary, right? I'm sitting there having FOMO all the time, <laughs> right? What am I missing? How am I not out there? For but if I don't do that, I won't be able to do anything at all. So definitely worthwhile to make sure to have those extra plans. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I give you credit for going to speak at conferences. I stopped speaking in 2013 because I was exhausted. I would just get so exhausted from, from doing it. So yeah, socializing is not my, I, I'm okay sometimes <laughs> for small, small doses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thrive on it. I really loved it. I missed it. And I was glad that I did. I was so nervous though, to get back out. That was the first time that I had traveled. I went by myself on that one, which was an adventure. We've got some other tips that might be helpful for folks as well, but you know, when it comes to that, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other thing is even like um, our medications, right? So I always have prednisone on me even though we all hate it, but it, it I have it. I, I was taking a very low dose, like two and a half milligrams. You know, my doctors know I do it. I do it a week before. And while I was away, I, I took it every morning just, just to make sure I was in a different, you know, I live in really hot and humid land and I was out on the West coast where it was cooler and drier, which I love and my body loved it. But you know, you never know your body could have decided to hate it. And I would have, you know, so I was trying to eliminate any, extra stuff. I, I take infusion medication. So the question was, do I double dose, which I could have done? Do I take the infusion setup, which I didn't do? Or do I skip the dose? And knowing I was going to be three days late, I said, you know what? It's easier. I'll just come back home. And I did it. You know, I did it when I, when I got back home. I also, you know, made the doctor's appointments before I left and, you know, just all those things that you normally would do that, you know, if you're gone for like, you know, 10 days, two weeks, you know that, okay, is there anything I'm going to be missing? So I have to make sure and schedule that before I leave. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Those are great tips. And and then I think that one thing that I do with that is come back and evaluate. Okay. Like you mentioned the dosage, do I double up? Do I do this? Do I skip that? And then I can evaluate. Okay. That didn't go well. Maybe I adjusted on the way home or before we leave. Or if I go on another trip the next time, I'm going to make a note that says this went well, this didn't go well keep that in mind. But it's also kind of like raising kids sometimes, right? And I've mentioned this, I think, before on the podcast where it's like, you think you've got it all dialed in and you try the same thing and kid thinks it's great and wonderful. Then you try it the next day and it doesn't go well at all. And you're like, I didn't change anything. What happened? Same with rare disease or chronic illness, right? Like we think we got something dialed in and then a curveball comes along, but we do our best with what we can. Oh yeah, absolutely. I didn't expect, like I, I, we did a lot of driving within the mountains up in the Pacific Northwest and I didn't expect my body to just say, nope, you're done. And that was, that was a Friday after we did a lot of driving. Um, and that Friday, actually that Thursday afternoon, we were out. I said to my husband and my daughter, my mom, I'm like, I'm not going out tomorrow. So you guys figure out what you need to do, but I need to stay home. <laughs> and they were like, okay. 
Yeah. And that flexibility is key as well. But yeah, well, thanks for sharing about those experiences. We had Tara Zier from episode 65 share a couple of ideas. So she she's right there with you, Lisa. She said plan way in advance, like every single detail, getting it really dialed in. I think that's a wonderful tip as well. And and again, for the reasoning behind that, for me, it's just exhausting to pack. Mm -hmm. Like just going through that entire process takes a lot out of me. So I try to start at least a week ahead and that's for like the physical packing when it comes to making lists. And I try to do that digitally. You mentioned a Google Doc is a great idea. I use my like notes app or reminders app in my phone. And, you know, I'll, I'll prep that list for what to do leading up to. I have a list for day of before we leave. And the nice thing about some of those lists is they can be reusable. So I can go, I can check them off of the list and they go away, but I can go back and show the completed things and uncheck them for the next time around, which I really find like that that's a big, that's a big benefit. And then when it comes to like setting things out or, or organizing, I like to lay that out. I'll take the whole bed and just cover things with it. If you've got a little bit more space. Maybe you just put it out over the, all over the living room, spread it out, get it all laid out, make sure you got it all. And then for, for the kids on, on my side, they're a little bit younger. They, they can do that same type of a thing or my wife or I could help them with it. Tara's kids are a little bit older. Your kids a little bit older. So maybe they can do some of those things on their own. She can, she can but she decides to only take like five outfits for like, 10 days and then I'm like Molly yes. you have no where's your clothing oh I, I'm just gonna wash it oh, that's fine okay I'm <laughs> okay. good with that the idea remains like we can go through that. I try to set up some some time for my kids and, and put some different things on there. Where I want to make sure that they have those things as well. Tara also mentioned only packing what she needs to so she can hopefully avoid checked baggage if possible. Same. I love that idea. That's how I used to pack and travel. And my little caveat with this, and I should have started the entire episode by saying everybody's going to be different, right? Like not this is not a one size fits all. It's just talking through some ideas, figuring out what works for us. And maybe it'll cue something else to come up and think, oh, I haven't thought of that before. But for me on this particular idea, while I love it, it just doesn't work as well for me anymore because I have to use my mobility scooter while I'm out. And so if I well, and also, Lisa, the the one carry on that I have is filled literally with my breathing equipment that right. takes up an entire suitcase. So I can't manage that and another bag to skip through as much as I would love to do it. But I think it's a great tip for those that, that can. And I, I definitely see the value in it. Yeah, this was my first time. I think I told you I got a my, I got a cane, you know, to help me walk. Yes. And um, so it's a I want to just get whatever, just a basic, whatever, you know, cheap cane. And my husband's like, no, you have to get something cool. I'm like, all right. So <laughs> we got, we have boxer dogs. And so we found a guy on Etsy and he carves like whatever you want. So he, so the top is a boxer head and the bottom is, you know, it's all wood and it's light, but I got all these compliments on it. It was hysterical. Yeah. Just like walking around on the plane, walking around like, oh my God, I love it. Well, you need to tell me where you, where you got that <laughs> specifically. I might need to get one of those. Mine's pretty basic or yeah. I need to bedazzle mine a little bit or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it took a few weeks because, you know, you had to carve it and then it, it gets shipped from Ukraine, but yeah, it's really neat. And you know, they have different, um, he does different things. So very different styles. I definitely want to check that out. Yeah. Well, the last tip that we had from Tara in terms of preparation, she said, get ahead at home if possible. And that is, you know, getting things lined out, getting little details taken care of at home. It's just kind of helpful from that end to you can avoid the stress of coming back home. There's always a lot to do at the at the tail end of your trip as much as there is to do coming home. And so if you can come in and maybe have a, a nice, you know, clean house or have, you know, something prepped or ready to go to make things a little bit easier for you coming back. And I love that tip as well. I think that's great. We so. did that. We have dogs and we have dog sitters here watching them and we make their and we put more stress on ourselves. We make homemade dog food. 
So we did, we, we ended up making more. So when we count back, we didn't have to think about, oh my gosh, we have to cook. Oh my gosh, we have to clean. Everything was, yes, I agree with Tara. Absolutely. It makes it easier. Fantastic. My friend David Ross, he was episode 43. For those that, that might remember my conversation there, one of the initial conversations that I had on Parents is Rare. And he uh, it lives in the UK. And so he's got some international travel learnings. I know, Lisa, you mentioned that you've done a little bit of international travel as well. Do you want to share a little bit about you know, what David had to say there? And then maybe if you've got any other ideas or tips or tricks from that standpoint, you could throw them in as well. Yeah, sure, Adam. So David talked about some international travel learnings that each airport and airline may have different rules. So just be aware and check, check it out with them. You know, give them a call if you can't find it on their website and ask ask what you need and get the, you know, get that information. And then, you know, the same thing can be also done with uh, domestic flights as well. Uh, I didn't, actually, I flew home Alaska Airlines, but Alaska Airlines has hidden messages on their website, which was good, which is good to find out now. Yeah, but, yeah. but when I, fl- when I flew international, I used, we flew from Miami to Brussels and there were TUI, TUI, it's called TUI Belgium. I, I, they were excellent. I mean, I didn't have, I didn't take a cane with me. I didn't really know what to expect because it was the first time really doing a big travel, but they were very accommodating. I mean, they, I don't know how else to put it. They were just very helpful to everybody, not just myself, but to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you had that positive experience. Oftentimes I think that it can go really well. And I've been on the flip side of that with some horror stories and some really challenging situations. So I guess I, I wanted to throw in there that the inter- international travel learning, like looking into airports or, or airlines and different rules and stuff, looking into that, I think is a, it's a good point to do that domestically. I typed in a little note there about Alaska, just because that, you know, the last time that I had, and some of you might recall looking at my blog and seeing some of my social media posts where it was just a not a good situation. I'm still working with Alaska, and I hope to have some good news for everybody here shortly on, you know, what they're trying to do to hopefully uh, clean up that process a little bit. But there was a, a message on their website that they told me I should have read, but it was in a pretty obscure place that then negatively impacted my travel there. So calling ahead, having discussions with the folks there. And then I think, you know, if we're giving tips and tricks out, one for the airlines is to make sure that their employees are trained up on the protocol because it caused an absolute nightmare for me and for my family when I couldn't bring my scooter onto the plane and we had to re, you know, completely rebook our flight home. And as we've already talked about here, we've been only talking for a few minutes, but there's so much detail that goes into the planning process and we, you know, we take all this time and effort and energy and the travel itself takes a lot out of us. When we get those monkey wrenches thrown in that could be avoided, that's definitely a challenging thing there. So I, I like the tip of checking things out ahead of time and trying to, you know, see see what we can do to make sure that everybody's on the same page there. I mean, even with even on the plane, right? So if you need certain seats to make it easier for yourself to get up or down, you know, if you can't get it through the site, call them or try to call them or try to chat with someone. I don't know. However, we have to get in touch with airlines to, today. Yes. Um, that's a big deal, right? All the above is just trying to find the best seat. Like I have to get up and down a lot. So I always try to get an aisle seat. Yeah. yeah. And oftentimes they'll be accommodating and, and most of the uh, the airlines will have, I've had a direct experience with Alaska and with Delta and they've got specific uh, teams that are designed to help you work through accessibility concerns. So there are some different avenues and resources that you can do there. You can also, when you call in, ask for their accessibility services team and see if you can talk to somebody there who really knows their stuff. A lot of folks are really trying to help and doing the best with what information they have and some of them don't have the correct or most up-to-date current information in terms of that. So it's best to go straight to the source if we can. Yeah. 
Good to know. All right. So next up with some tips was Jaira. I mentioned him earlier. Jaira Samara, the episode that you can find him on is episode 80. And he you know, echoed the itinerary comment that we had talked about. You you mentioned, Lisa, the you know medications and prescriptions. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great tip from Jaira. Reorder those well ahead of time. Give time to process and refill. Sometimes those dates can sneak up on us. So really like that idea. And then addition, you know, like you said, packing extra medications or supplies. I think he mentioned he normally takes at least like two weeks, maybe even four weeks of extras if he can, just in case. Because if you get out of you know, your home zone or something comes up as has happened with, with Jaira before, you're going to need that extra, you know, supply of medication or resources or tools or anything else that you use to typically help you get through your day-to-day operations. He also mentioned checking the accessibilities of the places that you'll be going beforehand. I, I think that's a wonderful idea as well. Really helpful. The problem that I've run into there, Lisa, is when I call and do the homework ahead of time and show up and it's not what they told me. That that throws the the wrinkle in there. You can't do anything about that, really. But again, um, it's it's really helpful to try to do that, to try to get ahead of the game. Reserving scooters. This was a great tip, too, if you need it or it's available. I know you're just kind of starting. You're using your cane, getting around. For me, especially on long distances, it's something that's hard. There's companies like Scooter Round or Scooter Bug I've used before or others. And then this was before I had my own Lisa and would just kind of bring it around with me. But some locations where you need to, you know, have that to get around in long distances, some of them will even drop off at your hotel and then pick it up there as well, which can be really, really handy. I liked this one also, the emergency medical band, especially if you're traveling by yourself. Uh, you know, just an alert for folks in case you get into an emergency situation, as well as having your list of medications maybe your medical record number, entrance policy, emergency contacts, those types of things, whether it's on your phone, it's on your watch, it's printed out. And again, Jaira, speaking from experience here, mentioned that that came in handy when he had a medical emergency while he was out of town with his wife that came in helpful for him and for his wife as she was trying to provide information and catch everybody up that's outside of his typical medical system. Great tips. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I I put it on my phone, but as long as you get into my phone, then yeah, you can find find it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think Robin, the next tips that I was going to have you run through here, she mentioned a couple of those different things that were new ideas to me, at least in terms of how do we gather that info and and bring it with us. I thought this was really interesting. Yeah. So Robin mentions um, planning ahead with the doctors and get healthcare proxies. You know, you have your trusted care providers in case of emergency, have their contact information. And actually, I did have a healthcare proxy. If I was going to travel with my infusion medication, I do have a, a proxy if I needed it, but I didn't take it. But I do have a copy if I need it. But that's, yeah, for Robin, that's, those are great. Also, if you have an audio file on the phone in the emergency contact explaining the rare disease and your diagnosis and your medications, your therapies, your protocols, your allergies, because, yeah, if you are in a flare and you can't talk, or like you can't talk and then hopefully, you know, you can direct the person to this audio file. Laminated copies of medical info attached to the medical bag. That's great. Didn't even think about that. That's great. I mean, I, I've got files. I've got files upon files. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a quick, quick one pager or a hitter, quick hitter with that's lam. I love that laminating idea. That's, that's fantastic. And it makes things a little, hopefully a little easier to just cart around with you. You could even I don't know if Robin does this or not, but you could even shrink it up to where it's a little bit smaller that just kind of hangs on there. Yeah, I love those ideas um, and wanted to thank Robin for providing those. And to learn more about her story, it's in episode 73 on Parents is Rare. So I wanted to throw that out there and give a shout out to Robin. 
All right, one last tip for the preparation side, and this comes from Ross McCreary from episode 48. He he brought up the point of uh, sufficient accommodations. And what he, what he was talking about there is, you know, like, like we've talked about, Lisa, there's times when we run into situations where we've got something planned, you know, an outing for the family or something. But us personally, you know, we're, we're going through these situations of flare or condition or just worn out, not able to get up and get out to it. If we get kind of stuck or left behind and we don't want the rest of the family or the friends to miss what's being planned, if we're going to be stuck at the hotel or on site there, if we can make it make it sufficient, right? Like so we could still enjoy that vacation or that time away if and when we do have the situations where we have to stay behind. And I, I thought that was a great tip. Um, and I know that all of this, you know, specifically for me, I'm, I'm very privileged in the fact that I can get out and do some of these trips and I have opportunities to do those things. And there might be opportunities to maybe bump up the accommodation a little bit, stay at a place that might be a little bit nicer in case I do have to stay behind. And maybe that impacts we don't take, you know, this trip, we save a little bit more so we can do this trip at a better or bigger place or something like that. You know, it could be possibilities. But I loved that idea because we want to still be able to feel like we can enjoy the time away. And I I relate this back to Michael J. Fox. He talks about vacations being vacating the everyday which I absolutely love that idea and connect to it so much. And quite frankly, for me, Lisa, I need that as much as possible right now. I need as much vacating from my everyday as possible because the everyday is so tedious and so challenging. But then when we're vacating the everyday, we're out on vacation and the rest of the crew goes out and I have to stay behind. That's when that FOMO I mentioned comes back in. And Michael J. Fox talked about that being a day-to-day reality while he kind of waits for everybody to return from those big outings and the vacations. So I like that idea, sufficient accommodations if it if it's available. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Though 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 I also take the time and I sleep and I'm like, oh it's quiet. <laughs> I really like my sleep. Yeah. That's my that's a, that's one of my that's one of my uh issues with the chronic illness. So maybe you know place like if you're going back to a return place, ooh, that bed was good. I'm making a note of that, right? I wanna go back there. <laughs> Even the hotels we stayed at, the beds are great. I had to ask the Airbnb host. I mean, I, I have a nice new bed here now, too. But you never know when you're going into a, someone else's home or a hotel how the beds are. Yeah, I, I had to ask her what type of mattress it was so because it was very comfortable. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. The mattress and the pillows. I like I like it. I like it. Well, so we've talked about some of the preparation type things. Now, I, I we had some wonderful ideas from folks about specific things to bring with you as you go. And I know your your last trip, Lisa, had some components of, of air travel and car travel. Tara's got a few different ideas, including some strategies for what to do on the car rides. You want to throw out some of those ideas that came in from Tara? Sure. So um, I agree with Tara. So food on car rides, absolutely. Packing and bringing meals, your you know coolers, bags, water, I guess hydro flask. I, I call it thermos, but <laughs> hydro flask. Uh, depending on where you are, you know you can get filtered water, so you don't have to you know constantly be worrying about buying water. But I've used delivery services before, like a. Uh, uh, what is it, Instacart or, you know, just some stores have their own delivery series or or system. So, you know, you can, again, research, right? This comes in on that itinerary. How far away is the nearest, you know, Walmart or Fred Meyer or Whole Foods or whatever? And how can I get them to bring this to the store? And then what's the policy at the hotel that I'm staying at? Or, you know, if you're at an Airbnb, it would work out fine. But I've had some hotels before where they say you have to physically come down and get it. That's a problem for me, especially when I'm on my own and I have to go on my scooter. Sometimes building a nice relationship, this is an extra little tip there, at building a nice relationship with like the bellhop can be really helpful. That happened one time where I was like, I can't 
can't really get down there and bring all that back up while I'm on my scooter. Would you mind, you know, using a cart or, or helping me out if I came down there? So the delivery service, that was my point there. It's really nice to have some kind, sometimes it can be a little bit hit hit or miss on. Which was funny because I never did it before. All the times I would always like run to the store. I mean, I went to the store when we first got into California, but then we got to Oregon, I was exhausted. And yes, I had two other people who could have went, but we were all exhausted. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I actually use a lot of delivery service this time. And it, and actually, I never really use delivery service at home here. But when we went away to Europe, we also use delivery. So because of that reason, we were like, oh my gosh, like, it's it's tiring and we need we need help when we need help we all need help and so yeah i agree with you i mean building those relationships absolutely so tara also we already talked about this a little bit lisa but tara mentioned bringing your computer or folder and that's just you know we talked about the prep of getting that stuff ready my biggest thing is i got to put that on the list so that i remember to grab it and bring it with me so yeah you mentioned the hydro flask you're on the same page there with gyra he said make sure to bring that in a water bottle I loved these next two tips, especially for the summer, because I get my, my body has a hard time regulating temperature. So bringing like a cooling rag or a gator or a portable fan or something, if you can, that, that can be really helpful, especially in those hot times. Oh, yeah. So David, uh, David mentioned that he thought it would be a great time to catch up on some reading. So bring a book, bring a good book that you're up to that you're checking out. Maybe that means your Kindle or you're, you know, on your device that you're using. I, I, in addition to that, would add it's a great time to download some podcasts, you know, Energy in Action, Parents is Rare, Once Upon a Gene, some of my favorites there, and then even some non-rare disease-related ones, whatever it is that you're up to and listening to. Take some time for yourself and, and do that. And I also always like to make sure I bring my headphones with me. They can be a lifesaver, especially on a plane. And sometimes I use it to even help me with, with sleep. If I'm not sleeping, I can pop those in, listen to like the calm app that I have set up, do the little meditation or, or the, um, you know, the soundscapes that really can be helpful for me. So another great tip from David there, especially for him when he's doing the international travel, he could probably plow through a couple of books. Yeah. I like oh, it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, how about you, Lisa? What, what, what tips do you have for, uh, for us in terms of what to bring? Oh, so, um, Besides everything that everyone has mentioned, which is amazing, and I do bring them, I, I brought the walking stick. It was my first time with bringing a, a walking stick or cane, so um, that was I had to keep remembering. Talk about remembering. It was in front. Of, it was at the front door, but we were leaving early, and I was like, I gotta remember this. So my so I had the rare disease of pemphigus, right, which is a mucous membrane and a blistering disease. But I also have other autoimmune besides that. So I have a lot of I have um like something with the inflammation in the body's neuropathy and different things. It's, so I use a foam roller a lot and I use a stim machine. So before I even went, I called my sister in Oregon to say, Hey, do you have any of this? And she did. Um, but then at the Airbnb we went to, they also had foam rollers. So oh, some, yeah, it was great. So I was able to do some of my stretching and some of the routine, um, which helped a lot. Did you know about that ahead of time, Lisa? I'm curious on like, did, did they list that stuff out? I haven't done too many Airbnbs yeah, they listed it out. Yeah, they said that there, there, there. It was a townhouse, so it had steps. Okay, so which, which wasn't. I mean, it was okay. I mean, we weren't up and down that much, but, and I knew there were steps, and it was okay. Like I said, I'm, I can do a little bit. And so, but the the basement, she, the garage basement area, she made a gym, and in there, she's like, it said, oh, we have foam rollers and weights and all these things. So I was, so I ended up taking the foam rollers and bringing them upstairs, <laughs> and and I had them in the living room, and I was using them to stretch a bit. So, um, yeah, because I see a trainer who took me through, you know, she takes me through the 
melt routine. So I did some of that and my hips tighten up really badly and then everything else really hurts. Um, and so it was able to release some of it, which was great. Those are wonderful tips there. I love that calling the sister, the person that you're working with or checking in at the place you're staying, Airbnb, hotel, whatever. Maybe they've got something that you can use, which then lightens your load a little bit on what you might need to bring. That's that's fantastic. And then in addition to some of those things that you need for me, I've got like a little massage gun that's been really helpful, especially if I'm sitting for a while. Uh, I've, I've got to be able to use that and, and take breaks and stand up if I can. Any pain relief, you know, type things I have are these little rollers that I can put on to different parts that might be getting a little uh, uncomfortable. One one big thing that I had this epiphany moment with was my my vent. I pack it up. I've got it figured out how to fit into that rolling suitcase, but I've got to bring extra supplies for that because if something breaks while I'm gone, I am in big time trouble. And uh, so so need to make sure to have that and then chargers for whatever that might be, you know. Uh, things to bring we're talking about generally speaking you need your computer charger your phone charger your you know your headphone charger whatever you need but for me i gotta have my battery charger for my scooter Uh, i gotta have my charger my electric plug-in for my vent and those types of things so making sure we've got all those can be really helpful we talked a little bit about prep we talked a little bit about what we want to bring now when we're in the midst right we're traveling how do we how do we navigate that process lisa we did a lot of road tripping this time. We did. We were, we were in the car. We drove all the way from San Francisco up to Redwood Forest and then Redwood Forest to Portland. And then once we were in Oregon, we drove all around Oregon. Um, so a lot of just, we didn't really, we planned some stops. But some of it was like, wow, that's beautiful. Let's just stop. So we did, we, we, we maybe at the most would drive maybe an hour and a half to maybe two hours fully. And it wasn't just me driving, which was good. My husband and I could break it up, um, but definitely have to, definitely have to stop, have to eat like real food, not, not snacks. Doesn't, it won't keep you sustained and uh, yeah. And enjoy it. Like you were saying, you, you don't want to miss out. So if you see something and you can, you stop and get out and take pictures and walk around and enjoy it. I mean, the whole point of, you know, right. Doing trips is to get the experience and you know, that's what we did. And we just, every, just, you know, that was, we, those, those type of things that aren't fully planned. I mean, we know where we're going, but as far as stops, like there were some stops we knew we wanted to, to do, but most of it was, okay, how quickly can we get to from point A to point B? It's kind of like Clark Griswold in the original vacation movie. Where he's like, we got to stay on schedule. We're only have three days at Wally World. We don't get, you know, got to move through. Yeah, there are times though when you got to stop and just enjoy it. Yeah, and enjoy where you are, take in the scenery because that's the whole point. That's what we're doing, right? We're vacating every day. We're getting out. So yeah, fantastic tips. I love that. You mentioned the food a little bit. Tara echoes that. She's got some particular needs there. I've got the same with my family with gluten-free. So putting into action that plan ahead and eating before, but then also bringing the snacks and utilizing those as you're there during your travel. A couple of other little things that have been super helpful for me that Tara really loves as well. She, she mentioned speeding up the process during travel if you can. If there are ways to do that, she recommends it 100% and I'm with her on that. One thing that she recommended was pre-check or clear, just getting through some of the security lines at the airport a little bit quicker. Uh, the, the credit card that I have actually paid for a membership for me and for my wife for pre-check, which was really helpful and waived that fee. I think it was like 85 bucks for the duration. So not horrible, but it's also something that you just consider with your budget and what your needs are and how often you might use it. 
I love pre-check though, and clear looks like it might be even faster. And then if you can sign up for any kind of status, if you've, you know, if you're renting a car, maybe you can get the particular membership that allows you to just walk right through, go to a car, pick it up, grab it and go rather than having to stand in line and wait for, you know, wait for things. Cause that can take forever. And it can be a challenge for me to do some of those things too, especially if you're getting off of a flight or after a long trip, you just kind of want to get to your destination. Cause I got to get horizontal and strap into my ventilator. I don't have time for a bunch more lines and things. Absolutely. Well, how about Ross? Can you hit on Ross's topics for us here? His during travel recommendations? Yeah. So Ross recommends during travel, you know, if you're traveling with medical equipment to ask TSA to to hand check it at security to avoid the possible damage, which we we've all read the stories and you've been, you know, the experience you're going through through the x-ray machines and then try to prearrange shuttle service or assistance with the airlines. Yeah. And I think that was a, a good little little tip there. And we can, you know, make the airlines aware that we need somebody to come through. Sometimes you'll see like the golf carts driving through the airports with people on it or somebody getting some wheelchair assistance, maybe. And I, I found a resource that I learned about from some folks in the rare disease community called TSA Cares. I know that's a helpful resource here in the States. I'm not sure for you know, Ross or, or Christy that are up in Canada or for David in the UK. I'm not sure how that works internationally, but I know here domestically that that was a really helpful resource. Um, I'll try to get that linked into the show notes for folks, the TSA Cares uh, website. I know that they've got a form and they ask for a certain amount of lead up time. It's nothing preposterous, but just a few days for them to prepare and be ready for you. And then the way that that works is they should have a TSA representative there to meet you at the uh, at the security checkpoint and then help you move through security and then also help you with getting to the gate or finding out what other extra assistance that you might need. Really helpful little tip that goes right along with Ross's ideas for prearranging, you know, different services and assistance within the airline community. That's great to know. I just learned something. That would have been helpful. There you go. Other little tips that I had for during travel, you know, going along with those points that we just talked about, use the resources. When I was first going through this stuff and was symptomatic and I was still working and traveling all over the place and I was even going to places for doctor's appointments, my doctor looked at me and he said, you need to use the wheelchair service assistance that comes at the airport. And I'm like, I can walk. He goes, I know you can walk. I know you can get there. But your energy depletion is occurring more and more rapidly. What do you want to have your energy for? Do you want to have it walking through the airport terminal in Seattle, you know, seeing the sights and sound and showing everybody in SeaTac that I can walk from my gate to here? Or do you want to save and conserve that energy, use the services that are there to help people that need that, and then have your energy for whatever it is you're going to be doing when you get to where you're actually going. And that was a huge aha moment for me. Didn't make it easier. I wasn't really happy about it. It sucks, quite frankly, sometimes, especially for for me when I look at where I am now compared to where I was before. But use the cane, use the wheelchair assistant, bring my personal scooter along, right? Like, yeah, I should have gotten assistance walking through those airports. The Fort Lauderdale airport was insane. And it was, I was, I got to there and I, got, I was collapsed when I got to the gate because it was, yeah. Yeah. It was and much. it's there. I mean, maybe TSA Cares can help set that up the first time or the airline themselves, but I don't know. I think those are, those are some points. And I just want to recognize the emotional component to it. I bring that up and share that it was hard for me because I imagine it might be similar for other people and I don't want them to feel like they're alone. It's not just a simple thing like, Hey, I went from being this fine, totally healthy 35 year old dude that could throw all my stuff into one backpack, one suitcase, hit the road for a week 
be in a different city, wake up in a different city every day, come back home the end of the week to be with my family to, man, I've got to plan everything out meticulously. And now I've got to depend on a cane. I've got to use the scooter. I've got to use this wheelchair. It is a lot. And there's a lot that's going on there. So I, I like to try to allow myself to have those feelings, to have those emotions and to not let them like completely take over to the point where I just don't do it. I'm better now, but it wasn't easy. And I didn't always do that. I had those same times for me, Lisa, where it was like people having to tell me, this is what you need to do. This is what will help you the most. Think about the reasons why and just do it. Oh, yeah. My sister, when we were out, when I was out there, um, said, why don't you have your, why don't you have a handicap thing, you know, thing? And I'm like, oh, and she's like, yeah, you know, your doctors will give it to you. I said, I know. She's like, when you go back home, go go get it. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. I know. I know. And I bring, you know, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that too. I bring my accessibility placard with me everywhere that I go as well, because I might need it to show, you know, if I'm like, even if I'm taking a lift, you know, to get from one place to another, I might be able to have them show it to somebody to say, Hey, we need to go into an accessible parking space. Or if I'm renting my own car, uh, and need to to drive that around, or somebody else is going with me and they're driving, we can still use it because I need that. And I, you know, I benefit from it. And it was that was another thing that was really hard to do and to admit and to actually jump in and do it. And I'm not, you know, pushing you to get it done right now, Lisa, but it was something that I grappled with. And it was hard. And I'm glad that I did it. Yeah, no, I need to. I was told a while ago. And I I, I hear you. And I've had this conversation with many, many different people, similar things. We've all been there. But I, you know, it's, it's helpful. It, it does. It does do that. So all right. So I'm done acknowledging the emotional side for this point in time. Now we're just going to move on. Okay, so we've we've gone through the prep. We've gone through the things to bring. We've gone through what we want to do during travel. When we get home, what do, what do we need to do? Like you just got home from a trip, Lisa. What did, what did you need to do to set yourself up for more success when you got back? Just didn't plan anything for the pat for the past week. Came home, slept, had to go back to work, but I work remotely, so that you know, my my boss knew. I was like, hey. I'm really jet lagged. I'm going to be taking naps. <laughs> um, and, you know, they're understanding. Thank goodness. But yeah, leaving time, leaving time to recover is a big thing. I agree. I think those are really important things. That was a couple. You know, Tara mentioned that as well. Don't plan anything big when you get back home. Right. Like try to free up that calendar as much as you can. Give yourself time to really dive into nothing. <laughs> right. Like set aside that time because it can be really tricky and challenging. And it takes a lot out of us emotionally, physically, mentally to, you know, because we've talked, look at this buildup that we've had to getting to this point. You planned the one trip 11 months ahead. You've got all this travel and stress and this planning to put into it, right? And then as it gets closer, the list gets longer. We finally get our stuff packed. We get going. We're on the trip. It's just this big emotional thing. It can be even happy and good emotions can be draining too, right? Like, and then we come back and it's like, oh man, we need to kind of get back into our routine, but give ourselves time to slowly do that, I think is a wonderful point. For me, Lisa, I'm going to follow up on your your tip from the pre-trip planning, and that is scheduling for after as well. And so what does that look like for me? For me, that's I want to make sure that maybe a couple of days afterwards, I want to try to get back into physical therapy because they really helped me do some stretching, loosen up in some different areas and work on some, you know, whatever it is I'm working on at that time. And I also do massage therapy to help things get loosened up. So on the back end, that post-travel section, I think about what's helpful for me, what might help me with this kind of recovery and reintegration back into the everyday after we've vacated it for a couple of days. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I went to my physical therapist last week, and then this week I'm going to the chiropractor and acupuncture, and I do have to schedule a, a massage. No, because it helps. Well, I mean, you know, because you haven't done it. And my sister offered for me to go for a massage when I was out by her, but I was like, no, I, I don't want anyone touching me unless they know. Yeah. <laughs> unless they know yeah. my body. If they hit the wrong thing, I might not be walking. So, uh, Fantastic. Well, we made it through. Those were the kind of the four little themes that I picked up on from the feedback that I got. And again, I want to thank everybody that was able to provide some tips and and tricks for us here. And I wanted to also ask you, Lisa, if there's anything else that that I missed or that we missed that we want to throw out there before we wrap things up for today's episode. I don't think so. I think we put in a lot of information in in the short amount of time. And and like we said, we I'm sure there's more that we missed. I mean, I'm I kind of know there's things I'm missing, but it's not the words are not coming right now. <laughs> yes, I hear you. I know there's got to be other ideas. Would love to hear from the entire community about you know tips and trips, uh, tips and tricks that they have for their trips. Ooh, Ooh tips and tricks for the trips. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a great little topic for, for feedback to roll in. And I don't know, I've got these notes. Maybe I'll try to roll those into a, a blog post or some kind of a, a resource or something that we can use and, and just keep adding to it as we go. Because like you said, I'm sure there's a bunch of other things that might be out there in the community, whether it's people that are like us, parents with rare or chronic illness, or maybe even parents of kids with rare uh, might be able to to uh, offer up some great tips and, and tricks as well. So Let's keep the conversations rolling around this and the other topics that we continue to have. Um, I I love having these. Thanks again for providing this topic for us, Lisa, and for taking the time out of your schedule to to join in and uh, to supply some uh, great thoughts and, and feedback around the topic, especially considering you just got back. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like last week. Yeah. No, it's, it's all good. I got excited when I got your email. OK, you got excited. I was going to say that's another tip. Don't commit to talking to Adam for an hour when you get back from your trip. It's just going to drain you even more and you'll never get that time back in your life again. No, it's good. No, it's already almost a week. I'm good. I slept all weekend. We're good. <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Lisa. I really appreciate your time. And uh, thanks for stopping in and for generating this great topic and hope we can chat again soon sometime. Yep. Thank you, Adam. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Parents is Rare, a series of the Energy in Action podcast. Please be sure to leave a review and a rating for this episode wherever you listen and subscribe and listen to the Energy in Action podcast, where we talk all things Mito. Until next time, remember to show up, be vulnerable, supportive, and kind and give yourself permission to feel along the way.